Los Angeles is an apocalyptic wasteland. Shadow City is fast-paced, action-driven, and cinematic. The eternal struggle of good versus evil told in a way as never before. There is no light, and there is no dark. Only shadows. This week, A Glint of Mischief presents Shadow City, a cyberpunk sci-fi by Anna Mossicat. Hello, I'm Judah Lamy. Welcome to A Glint of Mischief, a weekly podcast where you get to preview some of the great indie books out there. Each episode is the reading of the first chapter of an independently published book, available to buy right now. This week, A Glint of Mischief, the podcast, is sponsored by Rico's Pest Removal. If you have a bug problem, Call Rico, and they will be there on the double. If you have a rough job, remember, Rico's Pest Removal. As humane as they deserve. Now, let's get to the reason we're all here. Yes? Reinforcements would be awesome, Eric said sulkily. Yeah, so would Santa Claus, Bombshell answered good-humored, and uttered her hearty, slightly metallic laughter. Eric pretended to be offended. An old man can still dream. I suggest we finish it before he gets away, said Vincent, the third in the team. Oh, you humans, Bombshell sighed. No sense of humor, always stressed out. Yeah, I know, Vincent murmured, walking down the street toward the huge hall. We are weak and are dropping like flies. Bombshell grinned and whispered to Eric. And they like to forget that there are people who can hear much better than them. The two followed Vincent along the street, which looked entirely different from the rest of the city. Someone who had been there before would have recognized it as Fifth Avenue in New York. However, it was abandoned and run down. Everywhere paint had peeled off and the hinge of a faded sign squeaked in the wind. One of the buildings was half-collapsed, and revealed that it was wooden and not much more than a facade. The whole street was nothing other than a fake, once serving as a film set when this site used to be one of the largest film studios in the world, and not a shelter for sociopaths. The logo, with its blue mountain peak, was still hanging on the hall wall, even if the blue left much to the imagination. "'Sure he's in there?' Vincent asked as he stood in front of the impressive iron gates of the studio. As a young boy, Eric had craved to peek inside such a hall, and perhaps see one of his childhood heroes. Now he played the hero himself. What irony. He smiled, then nodded to Vincent. "'Yes, I can sense him.' He's wounded and furious. Bombshell's unnatural green eyes focused on the building, making a soft, clicking sound which was only audible to Eric's sensitive ears. Positive, she said. Upper floor at the rear end. Target moves slowly. His left leg is injured. That makes him more dangerous, so be careful. He also knows we're here, Eric said, pulling his gun. All right, I'll take the front. Bombshell, you cut him off at the back. Vincent, you take cover out here. If he escapes, 
Try to shoot him immobile. Roger that, Bombshell said. Let's go. Vincent could hardly hide his anger. Again, he had to stay away from the action. He hated to be treated like a child, only because he was not like them. The arrogance of the others sometimes drove him mad. Bombshell was already on the move. Her athletic, tall body circled around the hall to the back. At first glance, she looked like a woman, with her long blonde hair in perfect proportions, even a very attractive one. Her metallic, shining bodysuit showcased her curves. Bombshell leapt forward, jumped up, and grabbed the edge of a ladder fixed on the wall at least sixteen feet above her. With inhuman speed, she climbed the ladder and stood in the blink of an eye on the roof of the hall. She turned around and gave a thumbs up before disappearing out of sight. No, Bombshell was not human. This was not only demonstrated by her spectacular skills, but also when taking a closer look. Bombshell was a machine with the brain of a human being, a cyborg, an abomination for some, an evolutionary upgrade for others. For Eric, she was just an invaluable colleague and a good friend whom he could always rely on in a dangerous situation. He stepped up to the metal gate of the studio hall and opened it with one firm pull. It did not take him much effort. Rust and sandstorms had weathered it. Vincent stared at it, wondering how many people it needed to open in its heyday. Two? Three? Maybe more? Eric's slim figure disappeared inside. Like Vincent, he was wearing police special unit style black body armor, heavy boots, and eye protection. Both wore strapped pistols to the side of their thighs and a light machine gun was slung on their backs. Inside it was quite dark since the studio had no windows and no electric lights. There had been no electricity in this building for decades, so the many lamps and spotlights which were attached to the ceiling and the walls would remain dark forever and gathered even more dust than they already had. They did not pose a problem for Eric, however, because his eyes didn't need the light to see perfectly. His footsteps made hardly any noise on the concrete floor as he crept cautiously through the studio. For some time, the film grounds had served as a shelter for gangs and raiders, but now they were mostly abandoned. Still, Eric had asked Bombshell to scan the hall for life signs to make sure no unpleasant surprises awaited them but there were none. Their only enemy was lurking somewhere in the rear upper area. Eric's thoughts filled with melancholic nostalgia as he noticed the mess around him. Once, film studios like this one used to be the city's pride and joy. For more than 150 years, Hollywood had entertained the whole world with an almost inexhaustible abundance of movies. Now, all that was left of this was plundered and destroyed, only a shadow of the old glamour remained. A couple of wooden backdrops still stood around, but they were damaged by rats and vermin. It must have been a science fiction movie that had been produced here last. Part of the set resembled the bridge of a spaceship. Somehow it looked familiar to Eric. Maybe he had seen the film or the series way back when there still was television. A few smashed spotlights lay scattered about, as well as destroyed camera equipment and overturned director's chairs, their lining devoured by rats a long time ago. Something that once could have been a green screen hung tattered and yellowed behind the spaceship bridge.
Eric vividly remembered how excited he had been as a young boy when he learned that spaceships did not really fly in movies but were shot in front of such green screens. He couldn't stop wondering how it could have happened that the highly developed culture he had grown up with had gone down the drain so quickly. He knew he would never find or understand that answer. His nose registered the smell of rust, garbage, and excrements. It probably was not long ago since the last vandals had crossed the final frontier of space. Eric sighed softly, then gave himself a mental push and forced on the task before him. He did not come here for a trip down memory lane, but to render an enemy harmless, an enemy who would kill him without scruples if he made even the slightest mistake. He looked up and saw Dolly about twenty feet high, which appeared to be quite stable, a perfect vantage point for his hunt. Eric jumped up, grabbed a rail at the dolly, and climbed up to the former camera's seat with the lightness of a cat. The scaffolding wobbled a bit, but it supported his weight. He went up to the top and stayed motionless in hiding. Now, all he needed to do was wait until Bombshell jumped into action. As expected, it did not take long. Bombshell opened a hatch in the roof, entered carefully, and immediately took cover behind a turned-over desk. She adjusted her hearing to the maximum and switched her eyes to infrared. In general, this made it easy for her to spot a person in hiding. She could even hear the rats in the next room breathing. Unfortunately, the son of a bitch she hunted was no human. His body temperature was low and barely distinguishable from his surroundings, and like all of his kind, he moved almost silently. Still, her instruments increased the chance to track him down before he could strike. Bombshell estimated that the rogue would rather flee than attack her full force. She had no blood and was therefore of no interest to him. With her infrared scanner, Bombshell located Vincent, who, as instructed, took a position in the front of the hall. Eric, however, she could not detect. She guessed he was laying low somewhere in the central area, waiting for her to complete her part of the job. The room Bombshell was in had served as a wardrobe and makeup room for the actors, as some intact mirrors with the characteristic light bulbs indicated. A half-torn leather swivel chair stood in the middle of the room. Behind it, the door hung on a single hinge. Bombshell moved towards the door. She had to be alert. When it came to humans, she had a clear advantage. But vampires were a different league, and the rogue they were hunting had brutally murdered two people in the last three days alone, one of them a little girl. She would love to cut off the bastard's head and burn him. She went through the door and walked down a long corridor lined with doors of former wardrobes and offices. A few framed movie posters hung on the walls. Most were crooked or the glass was broken. He had to be behind one of these doors. She wondered behind which one and what he had armed himself with. Rogues must be hunted down like animals. Eric had briefed them. First flush them out, then chase them within reach of the others. 
they had lost almost all of their humanity, which is our advantage. Bombshell had many talents, but her titanium body was not designed to tiptoe, so she got the job of scaring the game. She did not even try to stay unnoticed. Bombshell drew her two pistols and kicked in the first door without much effort. Her infrared eyes scanned the small, dark room. Apart from some tattered furniture, it was empty. She turned to the next door. The door fell off its hinges completely when the cyborg's foot hit it. For a moment, Bombshell saw almost nothing, until she switched her eyesight from infrared to normal. The room had a skylight that allowed diffused gray light to filter in. The few still intact pieces of furniture suggested that it had once served as an office. Suddenly, Bombshell heard a sound behind her. As she spun, she glimpsed a dark figure leaving one of the rooms and speeding down the corridor. Her eyes switched back to night vision. She took aim and fired. Too late. The rogue vampire turned the corner. Despite his injured leg, he moved incredibly fast. Eric knew what he talked about. Warning never to underestimate these creatures, Bombshell's artificial muscles kicked into action and she chased after the fugitive. She wanted to catch him before he fell into Eric's hands. Behind the corner, a stairway led down to the next floor, but she did not bother to use it. With one leap, Bombshell jumped down. A shadow moved to the left of her. Damn, the guy was fast. She continued running until all of a sudden empty space appeared in front of her. She had arrived at the studio. The guardrail, which was supposed to prevent a drop of 80 feet, was missing. This didn't concern the vampire, however. He jumped and landed silently on the floor of the hall. Bombshell sprinted once again, ready to leap down after him, when a red text flashed in her vision, accompanied by a voice in her head. Warning, a jump from this height is discouraged. She skidded to a halt before the edge, regaining her balance just in time. Damn it! For a moment, she considered if she should make the jump, but it, it was too risky. The height could inflict damage, and spare parts were scarce. Eric located Bombshell long before she and the vampire came into his field of vision, since the stomping of her 500-pound body was hard not to notice. He saw the target in his gray, tattered clothes leaping over the parapet and landing close to him on all fours. This was the moment Eric had waited for. Like a raptor, he left his vantage point and rushed towards the rogue. The vampire sensed him too late and couldn't escape in time. Eric grabbed him by the shoulders in free fall and both tumbled to the ground. Bombshell watched the fight from above. She did not doubt the successful outcome for a second, but it was irritating that the game had escaped her. Yet something happened that she never would have expected. The rogue got the upper hand, turned with lightning speed on Eric and struck him with unleashed fury. Bombshell scanned around wondering what she could do to help her friend, then spawned a lamp scaffolding on the ceiling of the hall. She stretched out her arm in its direction and shot a thin metal wire directly from her hand onto it. The wire wrapped itself around the frame. Without hesitation, Bombshell leapt over the rim to glide down the wire to the floor. But she misjudged the stability of the scaffolding. With a loud crack, the construction yielded, and Bombshell fell more than sixty feet down, right into the set of the spaceship bridge. Both Eric and his opponent stopped fighting briefly and glanced over at the rubble that buried Bombshell. 
The rogue vampire saw his chance. He grabbed a corroded spotlight and hit Eric several times in the head and in the face with furious force until the other released his grip. With one leap, the rogue was on his feet, his pale face bloody. With his rabid, luminous eyes, his features appeared contorted, monstrous, not human. Without giving Eric another glance, he stumbled across the hall, heading for the exit. Bombshell was buried under wooden and plastic debris, unable to move. System, reboot, it showed in her field of vision as well as the flashing warning, please wait. She wanted to swear, but not even that worked. Damn it, effing piece of metal crap, she thought. Bombshell, Eric shouted, are you okay? He started to clear the debris around her. Suddenly, she felt her body again. Reboot complete, it flashed in her view. I-I-I'm fine, she said, getting up from the rubble. Damage report appeared before her eyes, but she swiped it away with one thought. She could deal with it later, as long as the primary system was operational. She did not care about minor damages now. Eric looked terrible. Deep bite marks and scratches covered his face, a gaping head wound bleeding heavily as his right eye was seriously injured. If he were human, he probably would not have survived the fight. This son of a bitch is stronger than we thought, Bombshell said. Maybe we should. Two consecutive shots were fired and stopped them dead in their tracks. They came from outside. The two of them stared at each other for a second then ran to the gate of the hall. Outside, in the approaching dusk, a scene unfolded which froze them in horror. About a hundred feet away, the vampire wrestled with Vincent, who fought desperately for his life. He had tried to shoot the fugitive, but that could not stop a rogue vampire in a blood rage. For a moment, the attacker stopped, turned toward Eric and Bombshell, grinned, bearing his sharp, bloody fangs. Then he snapped Vincent's neck with one violent twist. No! Eric yelled, hearing the horrible sound of Vincent's spine breaking. The rogue dropped his victim and ran along the film-set street. Bombshell shot and hit him in the shoulder, but he kept running and disappeared around the corner. She'd been aiming for his head, but apparently something had been damaged when she crashed down that should be recalibrated. While Bombshell tried to shoot her target, Eric was already crouching next to Vincent, trying to administer CPR. Vincent, please don't do this to us. Bombshell joined him and placed her hand on his shoulder. Eric, my scan doesn't show any life signs. He's dead. But this bastard is still up and running. Eric rammed his fist into the ground with such force that his knuckles cracked, this skin a bloody mess. His battered face displayed shock and despair. Bombshell stood still, keeping quiet, but calculating the distance and possible escape routes of the rogue. Eric, she said at last, her artificial voice sounding both sympathetic and commanding. He took a deep breath and leapt to his feet. We'll hunt him down, and then we'll come back for Vincent. Bombshell nodded, and they resumed the chase. 
The hunt lasted another half an hour and was unsuccessful. The rogue had escaped. Frustrated and silent, Eric and Bombshell returned to the place where Vincent had been killed. But his body had vanished. Shadow City by Anna Mossycat is available on Amazon. Anna Mossycat was born in Warsaw, Poland, but spent most of her life in Germany, where she attended film school, worked as a screenwriter and a game writer for several years. Her MUC novels have been nominated for the most prestigious awards for fantasy and science fiction in Germany. In 2016, Anna Mossycat moved to the US, where she continued her writing career in English. She lives in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. If you did indeed enjoy it, there are many ways for you to show your appreciation. For one, you can help spread the word about the podcast on social media. You can find posts about the podcast at Glint of Mischief on Twitter. If you want to keep up to date on the news for the podcast, there is a mailing list over on my website. You guessed it, glintofmischief.com. The mailing list is also how you can find out when our submission windows are open if you are interested in getting your book on the podcast. Or, if you're just crazy about this and think it's the best thing ever and spreading the word and being part of the mailing list just isn't enough. I mean, I do have a Kofi account. Also, Glint of Mischief. Until next time, see you around.